At Joyful Sex Education, we believe that the pleasure principle doesn't belong to Sigmund Freud anymore. It is 2021, and the world is shifting around us. The power of pleasure belongs to the people, all the people. Even if you have MS or another chronic illness, you are not less sexual or less sexy because of your disease or disability. Understanding this truth and demanding that the rest of society values you as you are will uplift you and the world around you. This is what I mean when I say holistic sex education fuels social change. So, get ready. Don't flinch. Thank you for joining me on The Pleasure Principle today. I want to start out by giving a huge thank you to my regular listeners. I can tell by looking at the insights on this podcast platform that I use that I have a core group of people that listen just every month. And I just want to thank you so much. I understand that right now I am making a decision to shift my the focus of my work from the general population to those with MS and other chronic illnesses, um, in particular autoimmune diseases. But I want to tell you that it is my goal and my hope that regardless of that focus, there is going to be some information here that will be helpful for everyone. I also want to ask you, because you are such, <laughs> such wonderful supporters, that if you know someone that struggles with a chronic illness or a or MS in particular, please pass this on to them. I know 100% that this will be helpful to them. So I wanted to start out with that. Thank you. Now today's topic is really just a broad topic of MS and sexuality and what's the deal? What is the connection between uh, our sexual well-being and multiple sclerosis? And MS an MS diagnosis is a drag in a lot of ways. And some of the ways that it affects us are life-changing and sometimes it's even life-threatening. So it's really easy to discount the sexual effects as quote unquote, not important. I think we get this message from our broader society as a whole that sexuality is just kind of a, a frivolous or unimportant thing. And you all know how I feel about that. So we've already covered all of that. But today I want to go ahead and give you an overview of the ways that MS affects our sexuality specifically. And I'm doing this so that you uh, will walk away from this with uh, a kind of some language that you can use to uh, give a, a word for something that you might be experiencing. And so that you just don't feel like you're crazy or making this up. So let's get started. There are quite a few research papers out there that are talking about the issues that I'm going to talk about. One of the sources that I'm going to put in the episode notes, which is very concise, comes from the MS Society here in the U.S. So I'll put a link to that. We're going to break this up into three ways that MS can affect your sexuality, primary, secondary, and tertiary. 
The primary ways that MS affects sexuality are caused by damage to the central nervous system that directly innervates any part of your sexual response system. This can be uh, decreased vaginal lubrication. If your uh, vaginal tissues are not getting the stimulus from your brain that they need, they may not be producing the lubrication that you need. It can be erectile issues. This can be erectile issues if you are a male-bodied person or a female-bodied person because uh, erectile tissue isn't just about the penis. Clitorises are uh, erectile tissue as well, as, as, as well as many other parts of our, um, our genital system. That part of your body isn't getting the stimulation that it needs to do what it's supposed to do and become engorged, then that's going to affect your experience of sex. Um, decreased desire is also a primary effect um, because desire is a magical dance of many elements, and our neurotransmitter systems are one of those elements. I'm talking about the neurotransmitters, uh, dopamine, prolactin, oxytocin, and norepinephrine. And those are all really important um, neurotransmitters uh, that are a, a critical part of our sexual response cycle. If any one of those are not being produced or released or uh, you know, taken up into our system in a way that they should be, then that can affect our desire. Hormone systems are also, are, are also important, and those can be disrupted because of nerve damage. Um, and those hormones are testosterone, estrogen, nitric oxide, and endorphins. So I'm going to give you a quick example of something that I've wondered uh, if it's a reason that I'm having a particular uh, experience. So I recently have really felt like my orgasms have changed that it is more difficult for me to reach orgasm. And then when I finally do, when I finally get to that place, place you're like, yes, I'm almost there. Then my body just goes, meh, it just stops. And I happen to know that uh, the neurotransmitter norepinephrine is the neurotransmitter that is the one that kind of gets you over the top of that, um, of that orgasmic peak. And so I've wondered if maybe uh, I'm having, if that, if I'm having some kind of um, issue in my uh, brain or my spinal cord that is keeping that neurotransmitter from doing what it's supposed to do. Now, I'm going to, I recently tried to bring that up with a neurologist and I just did not get the answers or the respect or the engagement that I was looking for. So I am right now switching neurologists and we all know what a big pain that is. But I'm just telling you this because I want you to know that I understand that it's a lot of work to figure out what these different uh, problems might be coming from. And if you are not getting the answers that you want from your um, healthcare practitioner, uh, sometimes if they don't, if you repeatedly try and engage them and they don't uh, respond, 
it can be worth it to just switch practitioners. So I will let you know how that goes. Uh, I will be seeing this new person next week. Um, but norepinephrine could be an issue. But I actually recently described this uh, experience that I'm having in the way that my orgasm is changing with a good friend of mine. And she does not have MS. And she said, you know what? I am experiencing that exactly. And we both happen to be postmenopausal women. And so that could be it too. So it's a, there can be a lot of different things that cause these problems. But the point is, if we have the language and we have the knowledge, we can go to our healthcare practitioner. We can say, this is what's going on. Be a detective with me and help me figure this out. The next uh, primary issue that I was going to mention real quickly is the um, decreased sensation. And that's a big thing too. A big part of our sexual experience is sensation. It's not just sensation in our genitals, but sensation all over our body. So dec uh, decreased sensation anywhere can be a real bummer uh, when it comes to sex. But when you can't feel your genitals, that is a big deal. And I definitely have experienced that. Um, when I had the uh, episode that was the really uh, large lesion at C2 uh, in my cervical spine, I really couldn't feel my body at all pretty much from the neck down. And, you know, a lot of the sensation in my body never really has uh, recovered from that. And I, for a long time, have just sort of dealt with it. But I have decided that I really want to address some of these issues. And so I'm going to talk to this new neurologist about it and see what we can do to figure all of this out. So that was a little spiel about the primary effects. So remember, again, the primary effects are caused by damaged nerves that directly connect to your sexual response system. Secondary effects of MS on the central nervous system are caused by damaged nerve fibers that connect with parts of your body that indirectly affect your sexual experience. Let me list a few examples of what I mean. Damaged nerve fibers can cause spasticity, uh, which is uh, no fun if you're trying to engage sexually and your muscles are sp uh, spasming um, and you're uh, either uh, receiving or giving a sexual pleasure and your muscles uh, like clinch up. That is no fun. Uh, tremors can affect how we're engaging with our uh, sexual partner or even with ourselves. Uh, there's a pins and needles feeling that I know I get a lot. And that, you know, when you're feeling that um, anywhere in your body, but in particular, maybe even in your genitals, which can happen, it doesn't really feel good to have that extra stimulation. Um, fatigue is a very common secondary effect. Uh, and, you know, if you're too tired, well, yeah, I don't even need to say anymore. So that is a big issue. Cognitive issues can be uh, a problem if you are having such brain fog that you are literally kind of drifting off in sex when you're having sex with someone or when you're having sex with yourself. If you're having sex with yourself and you drift off, it's not that big a deal. You can just like go to sleep or do something else. 
But uh, if you're doing that and you're with a partner, that can be a little bit insulting. So again, that can be caused by several different issues. It could be MS. And so that is something that you can address. Um, bowel problems and bladder problems, that is a uh, that can be a common issue with MS. And if you are having uh, trouble with uh, bladder uh, retention, that can cause uh, uh, chronic bladder infections after sex. Uh, incontinence can be a drag, either bladder or bowel, and or constipation. I mean, who wants to have um, sex when you're constipated? And then this, another secondary uh, uh, effect is medication side effects. So I'm going to go back real quickly to uh, the neurotransmitters. And one of the sex neurotransmitters is serotonin. But serotonin is the anti-sex neurotransmitter. And a lot of the uh, depression medications that we uh, may be prescribed are serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And that means that you end up with a lot more serotonin um, in your system, which can help with improve your mood, but it is happens to be a neurotransmitter that just makes your sex drive plummet. So that is another solution. There are other options um, other than the serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So if that is a, a big problem for you, you can talk to your doctor about maybe changing or your psychiatrist about uh, changing medications. So finally, we've gone over uh, primary, secondary, and now we're going to get to tertiary. And these are the effects that are psychological social and cu cultural challenges that result from MS damage. So in my mind, I see it sort of as a last but not least issue because it could, all of these issues can be just a huge deal. Um, sh the first one is shifting relationship dynamics. And so if you are in a relationship and your partner has taken on the role of caretaker, or spends a lot of time really worrying about you, that can really shift uh, the dynamic in a relationship. And you have to be really careful about talking about that. You need to talk about the power dynamic shift that's happening. You need to make sure that your caretaker is getting the uh, care and um, attention and the re-energizing time that they need. Um, but if you have a certain, if you had a certain dynamic together uh, sexually and one of you changes roles, that can really um, have a big effect. And so talking about that change with a sex therapist can make a really big difference. And just learning how to talk to each other. Um, another one is cultural pressure to perform in that in those narrow ways that we've been taught are quote unquote, the way that we're supposed to have sex. So that is a whole nother topic and rabbit hole itself. But if you are of a gender identity or gender that has is culturally expected to be the, uh, the one quote unquote on top, and you are having some, um, some uh, physical issues or, you know, any of these issues that are affecting that role or affecting your ability to quote unquote perform, then um, that can 
that can really affect your sex life too. But again, that is something that can be addressed. Um, another tertiary effect is fi- financial damage to our lives. Money troubles are a buzzkill when it comes to relationships and sec- and and so sexuality. So that's something that you can always get help addressing. And then this is really important: the uncertainty, the anxiety, the grief at what we've lost after an MS diagnosis can really affect our our sense of self and therefore our sexual sense of self. So who are we when we lose our careers, when we lose our grace, when we lose our ability to do the things that used to bring us joy? And how does that affect our self-worth? And how does that affect how we feel as sexual beings? So these are all ways that MS can affect our sexual interactions. It can affect um, how sexy we feel. It can affect our orgasm response. So what to do about all these things? We've talked about the primary, the secondary, and the tertiary ways in which MS can affect our sexual well-being. Now, I am not a doctor or a therapist, but what I am is a holistic sex educator who happens to have MS. So hopefully some of the information that I'm offering you today will give you some basic knowledge and terminology to go to your healthcare practitioner the next time and ask them to help uh, start the detective work with you. Um, Again, use, uh, uh, use calm and assertive language, you know, starting out with, you know, my sexuality is really, really important to me. And these are the problems that I'm having. I would like you to help me figure out what's going on. And if this isn't, if this isn't one of your specialties, uh, please refer me to a specialist that can help me with this stuff. But the really important thing that I want you to understand from today's podcast is that if you have been noticing some changes to your sexuality, you are not making it up. You are not crazy and you are not making a big deal out of something that is not important. If these changes are affecting you or your relationship negatively, or causing you to feel despondent about it, if you're just giving up on sexuality because you feel like that's just the way that it's gonna be, I want you to know that there are solutions. What's What's going on with you may or may not be related to your MS, but with the language and the help and encouragement of a good health healthcare practitioner, you can figure this out. So this, again, was just a broad uh, introduction and overview of the primary, secondary, and tertiary ways in which MS can affect your sexuality. I would like you to come to our live Q&A on the 20th because we can talk a little bit more about what I've just introduced today, share our experiences, and listen to what other folks are experiencing, and then we can brainstorm some solutions. I have specific solutions for some of these issues myself, but I don't have all the answers. And so together, we can come together and uh, talk about what we can do to get past some sexual difficulties that we might be having because of MS or other related issues. So 
Thank you again for joining me today. I was a little bit nervous about this episode because this is the first time that I haven't had another expert to focus on and it's just really been all me. So um, I hope that this has been helpful for you. I would like you to please, again, offer feedback. Tell me what was helpful for you. Uh, Tell me what you would like to know next time. And please uh, pass the podcast on, pass the link on to someone else. And please take a moment to rate and review and let me know what you think about this new direction that I'm going. I hope to see you on the 20th. Um, I will have a link on my social media Uh, profiles to that uh, live Q&A on the 20th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, let's get together and chat then. See you soon.